The Opus, an exploration of legendary records and their ongoing legacy. Not just their history, but how this music continues to evolve. We're opening the vault on classic records upon re-release, delving into their inner workings and their lasting impact. Maybe you're a longtime fan and wants to go a little deeper. Maybe you're a first-time listener and you're curious to hear more. Either way, you're in the right place. Find us at Consequence of Sound or wherever you tune in to podcasts. Consequence Podcast Network. My friendship to all of you precludes my involvement with any one of you. But if you want to make love, then I do too. And I'll be right there behind you. Constant listeners, and welcome yet again to the Losers Club, a Stephen King podcast from Consequence of Sound. Well, our misery episodes have finished. They are done. We talked about the movie, we talked about the book, and damn, did we say some smart things. And now we're back because guess what? There's been a lot of news piling up, and a lot of Hollywood King, a lot of tweets. All the good stuff. And we're also going to be talking about a topic chosen by you, the listeners, later in the episode. We'll reveal what that is when we get there. Spooky. Ooh. What's under the bed? Yeah, what is under the bed? Um, An old guitar. (laughs) Where are we going with this? (laughs) We're we're going to go jam a little bit. No. Because we are going to be talking about some rock and roll. I'm rolling with my finger just saying, let's move this along. All right. Sorry. Uh, My name is Rockin' Randall Colburn. I'm excited to uh, talk about Stephen King, which is a thing we sometimes do on this podcast. And who's sitting across from me? This would be Michael... uh, Myers Rothman. (laughs) Still wearing that uh, moniker. Yeah, yeah. Keep going with that. Editor-in-chief and president of Consequence of Sound and also a constant contributor to this podcast and also Halloweenies. It's true. As you might know from my... Myers moniker. It's true. And uh, Halloweenies is coming back when? Next month, we're going all the way to Springwood, Ohio, because we're going to Elm Street, baby. Hi, this is <laughs> this is Justin Gard Gerber. Uh, a, a little sneak peek into our Tommy Knockers ah, episode coming up in a couple peek. weeks. Yeah. A couple of quick things I'd like to get off my chest in a positive way. I was not on the Misery episode, nor was I on the Drawing of the Three episode. And I just wanted to say, you know what? I give both of those five bright red Pennywise Clown noses. Mm. Jesus Christ. Two of my favorite uh, King books. Wow. I devoured both of them. I love them to death, and they've held up very well for me. Back to you, Randall. <laughs> five noses, man. You guys like give your awards out like like they're cookies. What are you talking hey, about? I've hey. given like four of these four and a half or fives. I said awards. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> the only awards that matter are the Gerbies. The Gerbies. <laughs> what would the Gerbies look like? Um, probably be like some, probably look the same with glasses. <laughs> wow. It'd be the same Oscar award, but with, with glasses on. I like it. I like that. So when you make those, are you just going to hire the same company that does Oscar? By gunpoint. Yeah, of course. Oh, okay. I, I, I love how you this. just casually say Oscar. I catch yeah. you doing it all the time. It's, like it's, it's so ingrained just, in it's you. It's just habitual now. No, I like it. Uh, on that note, let's talk about tweets. He's not a human being. Don't you see what he's done? We kill them all. Let God sort them out. Oh, we're back, baby, with some tweets of 19, (laughs) the year of 19. So these are the first tweets. 
in the year of 19. Wait, wait, these first tweets, though, it says December yeah. 26, <laughs> 2018. So they're not exactly uh, in 19 yet. But uh, I will say, though, there was some major Twitter king news. Yeah. I even wrote about it, uh, the whole thing with the, what paper, the Portland Press Herald. And we're going to get to them. But... Yeah, we'll get to that. But it, that was uh, some headline-making news. But let's start back in 2018. <laughs> yeah, we're going back a little bit, Why even though take... we are currently in the year of 19. Mm-hmm. Take it, Mike. Stay positive. On December 26, which is uh, the day after our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ was born, uh, mm-hmm. King tweeted, Someone asked me if there are books, movies, TV shows I don't like. There are plenty, <laughs> but I don't write about them. Don't say nothing if you got nothing to if you got nothing good to say is pretty fair advice. He must have listened to our recent episodes because did we, didn't we bring this up in a joking manner all the time? Probably. Whenever he recommends anything, we just say, what if he doesn't like something? You know? I just yeah. imagine him listening to our podcast every week, so he probably did. Well, the fact sure that he, he doesn't write about our podcast means that he probably doesn't like it. Yeah, he doesn't give us the king's stamp of approval. Which He's is, there like taking notes, like, listen to these bozos. Justin, what did he say idiots. on that same day? Again, after Christ's birth, December 26th. Of course, there was Alice Roosevelt Longworth who said, if you don't have anything good to say, sit next to me. <laughs> Classic king. Classic. Ooh, she's a little, little, uh, little catty minx over here. Ooh. Alice Roosevelt Longworth. I like her. I like the... The cut of her jibe. And uh, just, it's jib. Sure. Cut of her uh, jib. Those, just, those were officially the last tweets of uh, 2018 that we're going to be going into. Wow. Uh, yeah. The end of an era. The end of an era. <laughs> uh, so he kicked off the new year on January 2nd. And by the way, we are streamlining the tweets. Otherwise, we'd, we'd be reading an hour of Trump tweets. Mm-hmm. So uh, January 2nd. A couple of kids got married 48 years ago today. So far, it's worked out pretty well. Still in love. That's sweet. Aw. And then he posted a photo of him and Molly. And we're uh, like, Molly's 48? A miracle. I wish that we didn't get any Molly. I know, it's a bummer. The drug or the dog. I'm missing um, it. But I, I do miss this dog, and I really need to squeeze that dog. I Maybe need, something I have a happened, need I said. to squeeze. Anyway. There's nothing that happened to that dog. I don't know. I'm, not, I'm ignoring that. Happy know. anniversary to Tabitha and Steven. If it wasn't for Tabitha, would we be here right now? No. Probably not, no. no. I don't think so. She, she saved a lot of... Um, Trans, uh, transcripts. A lot of books. Yeah, she did. She saved a lot of books. Uh, I wonder if the, he kept that uh, trash can. The trash can man? The trash can he man. put him in a book. The one that Carrie was originally in. The, the, the first place that Carrie got published. The trash can that was in their, uh, <laughs> in their apartment. Let's talk about the Portland Press Herald. Yeah. Did you write this up for COS? I did not. Uh, I, I wrote, saved it for this podcast. Oh, yeah. I wrote it up over at the AV Club and uh, basically... Uh, it was in response. King had kind of a whole Twitter endeavor over a couple of days. Basically, he found out that the Portland Press Herald, uh, which is a local paper in Maine, they were no longer going to publish reviews of books by local Maine writers. Um, uh, like it was like a whole section of like these are books about Maine, and freelance writers were writing those reviews, and uh, they were discontinuing all of that. King said that was shitty. He tweeted out on January eleventh. The Portland Press Herald, Maine Sunday Telegram, will no longer publish local freelance written reviews of books about Maine, set in Maine, or written by Maine authors. Retweet this if you're in Maine, if you're from Maine, or even if you're not. Tell the paper don't do this. The paper responded um, and was basically like, "Hey, uh, media sucks right now," which we can all agree with. We all, yeah, definitely. And uh, they were like, um, "If you can get us like a hundred more subscribers, then we'll reinstate it." So he sent out the call to his gazillion 
uh, followers. He said, the Portland Maine Press Herald has agreed to reinstate local book reviews if 100 people subscribe. Sales pitch? Blackmail? Either way, 71 people have subscribed so far. Are there 29 more Twitter heads out there who want to ante up? Just asking. And I think the final number was a little more than 200 they got. Wow. So they reinstated it. Uh, it seemed like a win. Uh, there was a lot of some articles about it. And the woman who owns the company that owns the paper was like, oh, it's a Stephen King story with a happy ending. Which maybe if she actually read Stephen King, she'd know that most of his <laughs> books have happy endings. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah. And then uh, on like January. The ending, like the ending to Pet Cemetery. <laughs> <laughs> on January 14th, uh, he tweeted, thanks to everybody who subscribed to the Press Herald. You saved the day. These are there are countries where the arts are considered vital. Too bad this isn't one of them. The paper thanked you guys, also thanked me, and misspelled my name. That's a little ridiculous. Wouldn't well, it be funny though if the very next review was Stephen King sucks? <laughs> <laughs> well, here I actually have some. I'd love it. I have some. I have some some comments on this based mm. on the digging that I did. Uh, they didn't actually misspell his name. They were responding to another person named Stephen. Oh, Steve King. Uh, <laughs> oh, oh God! <laughs> oh, We're not going to go down that uh, road. Uh, no, it was another guy named Stephen, and he had responded. And Stephen King was just tagged in the tweet, and I mm. think I think King thought that they were talking to him, and they said thanks, Stephen, and they spelled it like S T E V E N. And so, and that's and then they like responded, going, "Actually, Stephen, we didn't like we didn't spell your name wrong." It was very funny. It was very tense. He's like, "What else? Do you, we hired these losers back. What else do you want from <laughs> us?" <laughs> but then the thing was, it actually uh, raised. A bigger issue like and king obviously didn't know this and it's not his fault or anything but like a lot of people were kind of annoyed by the whole thing and about bringing the freelancers back on just because apparently that same day uh it wasn't just the freelancers that had oh. been cut a bunch of layoffs had happened at, at this paper and other papers throughout maine uh which is pretty much the trend right now in media so um so yeah so people were basically like oh it's cool that he focused on that but like there's a larger issue that was completely ignored in all of us and the paper was the people who owned the papers were made to sound like oh it's a miracle we want to bring people back and we save these freelancers but it's like they're also laying off just a shit ton of people like yeah, people are trying time to make to their living in the media business right oh now. yeah so anyways uh it was a very loaded sort of thing but uh you know an interesting an interesting little wrinkle a great way to kick off 2019 uh, happy ending to a stephen king story. Uh, not not really <laughs> yeah uh anyway i got i got this next one yeah do it that was the epilogue apparently baby can you dig your king that's the headline he didn't actually tweet that like, I, that's I like the little know. subhead that mike added i make little, these little stories i, I appreciate I this on january 19th he uh tweeted and by he i mean the master for himself Getting the getting the band back together, left to right, Ridley Pearson, Greg Illies, me, and Dave Barry. Uh, now, this is a reference because uh, this I is a reference it's to his Greg band. Isles. Greg Isles? Yeah. Oh, okay. Greg Isles. And this is all a reference to the Rock Bottom Remainders, which yeah. is his band. Yeah. Uh, they're going to be playing in Minneapolis uh, sometime in May. And I'm very excited because they're going to be playing at the First Avenue. And that's where my favorite band of all time got its uh, big start. The The Replacements. Replacements. Yeah. Yeah. Soul Asylum. Soul Asylum. And yeah, they actually play there too. They have a lot of stars outside. Maybe uh, the the big trademark of the venue is that they... They like make these huge stars that they paint outside of the the, the First Avenue. So it'd be great if uh, Stephen King. I was going to say, star. does King have one? That'd be great. Um, I might actually go up for this. Uh, no for the shit. Podcast. Yeah, I think I'm, because I love Minneapolis. It's one of my favorite towns. It is and, a great city. Um, 
I haven't been there in a while, and this is a good example. You know, it's a good reason to go. And well, May is kind of like a warmer time. Well, I would also put out to our listeners, if we have any Minneapolis listeners, uh, please go and come back with our with your reviews. Yeah, we'd love to hear how old Stevie's doing on the old guitar. And stay tuned to our socials to find out if we actually do end up going. Yeah, because uh, maybe then we, we could say uh, hi. Maybe you'll have a beer at uh, the CC Club. Which is, is that in, nearby? Uh, it's a. Uh, it's kind of nearby. It's okay. a reference to the maybe replacements. You, maybe you should just go to a, a bar nearby. I could go to a bar nearby, uh, but I also really love the the CC Club. So. <laughs> I think there's a TGI Fridays around there too. You can yeah. just stop by, pop in. You're not even joking because it's downtown. Yeah, it so is. It's I know. Like, it's right there. It's filled with all the you know the corporate scumbag restaurants. And so, you didn't know? you say he Fridays. also tweeted saying he liked the passage? Uh, well, we'll get to that in. Uh, oh, we're the getting stamp there. of Stephen. Okay, so. I was gonna say because I'm I'm actually intrigued to hear about that because uh, I like those books, but I heard that show was. B-A-D. You like the books plural. Well, no, I actually like the first one. And okay, the second I one say. I thought had good stuff. Uh, the third one I couldn't. I put it down after yeah, a while. Was, I, after the first one, I went, that's, we're good. Um, well, any other tweet news? Well, we also have uh, Thinner, uh, where he talks about. Oh, more tweets. Oh, okay. yeah, there, there are more tweets. Oh, my God. On January 7th. You want to take that one? Yeah, I'll take it. Uh Love high. Oh, were you talking to Justo? Oh, I was talking to Justo. But I, I could literally, I go couldn't care less who oh, reads wow. this tweet. All right, go, <laughs> go for ahead, it. Randall. I think we should pause and let the listeners decide who <laughs> reads this tweet. Get back. We'll give you one week. Check our Twitter <laughs> yeah. poll. That'd be hilarious. Does Justin or Randall read the, what tweet is this about? Uh, it's about about cal- high calorie <laughs> foods. What if we did just like stop it right now and be like, uh, seven we'll days. find out. And then it goes like, you know, the most people would probably again. appreciate the short episode. Yeah. Uh, love high calorie foods, but worry about your weight. Do what I do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Load up your plate, then tip it to the left. The calories all run to that side of the plate. There are no calories in the rest. So you can eat all you want. Simple, isn't it? Just like, what are you talking about? Then, well, like, you're just rambling. Well, like, Wolf, Wolfie Lady, uh, that's her Twitter handle, was just like, also, there are no calories in foods consumed at events, parties, movies, etc., as they are considered to be part of the entertainment package. And then he replied back to her, Justin, this is a collaborative one. I like this is like a radio play. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this is true. And if you get a fast food hamburger and hold it sideways... All the calories fall out. Ah, uh, so funny. So is this what fun. we need to do? To God, get, that's so funny. <laughs> is this what we need to do to get King to respond to us? Just make dad jokes at him on Twitter? I hope so. That's well, a, you know, I was my thinking life, about that when so I was I could do that. Um, Justo, why don't you grab this next one? This next section. These are all the stamp of Stephen. Yeah, the stamp of Stephen. This is exciting. So this is what he was talking about earlier, where he w- if he doesn't have anything nice to say, he won't say it. But don't worry, he has a lot nice to say. Yeah. Pine Gap, which is allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> Which is something you guys can find on Netflix. Pine Gap is a good one. No explosions, no fights. Uh, open parentheses. A little pushing around in the final episode. There are six. Close parentheses. Lots of geek speak. It ramps up the tension, though, and the whodunit aspect is beautifully handled. Hoping for season two. Anybody have any idea what Pine Gap is? Yeah, it's an Australian television oh, my, series. My reading from the internet. <laughs> Anybody <laughs> actually knew what they were talking about? Well, it was about. broadcast on ABC in 2018, but uh, it was released on Netflix. And it's a six-part series that was written and created by Greg Hadrick and Felicity Packard. Um, and it's about an international political thriller, which is set around the Australian-American Joint Defense Intelligence Facility. Is Chris Hemsworth in this? Uh, Parker Sawyer's. I don't know. Parker I Sawyers. <laughs> what a name. I know. I don't I don't know. I don't recognize anyone on it's here. It's like Worth Keeter. So like yeah. oh, I love Worth Keeter. So we have more than one Parker Sawyer, is what you're saying? Yeah, they're they're, they're um <laughs> Parker Sawyers. Yeah, yeah. He's plural. Um uh Steve Toussaint. 
Oh, uh, Alan Toussaint's just... son. Mm. Oh, okay. I know. I, I literally just made. Oh, you that have up. no idea. Uh, okay. I doubt Alan Toussaint's son was from Australia, <laughs> unless he stopped over there on a tour thirty years ago. <laughs> Let's see what he has. Um, he was in, no, never mind. Yeah. Oh, oh god. Okay, I apologize anyone. for asking. All right. Well, what's the next tweet? Check out Pine Gap. Yeah. January fourteenth. I'm so looking forward to the passage tonight. In the parentheses, Fox. <laughs> I love those books. Uh, so. Is that, is that all he said about it? You went through the tweets. Yeah, so I, he never, I love those books. So he didn't reply oh, about how he thought about it. No, I like so it. So I don't think that means he liked it. And here's the thing. I was like, the passage is really interesting to me just because it was supposed to be a big prestige show. Like HBO is going to do it. And it was this big epic thing. Mm-hmm. The first book was extremely well reviewed. And then they kind of like, I feel like critically, they kind of tapered off because it was a trilogy. And I mean, the quality did go down quite a bit. And even for me, I mean, honestly, I thought the first third of that book was amazing and absolutely then, agree and then once it kind of jumped forward in time i started to check out a little i still liked it but i didn't love it and well, king loves the books yeah but but then it's funny just because the show kind of like languished for a long time in development hell and then it finally surfaced as a fox show oh with mark paul gossler and like i am mark paul's biggest fan like Say by the love, Bell was my I, I watched, shit. Bro. I watched yeah. Franklin and Bash from beginning to end. There you go. I and I think he's charming and interesting and funny. But it's like, who cast him in this? Yeah. Who did that? Like, like who thought he was right for like a, a long form sci fi drama on like, Fox? On Fox, it was so weird to me. Anyways, I was I had a morbid curiosity about it, but people said it sucks so bad. I just didn't watch it. I I can't remember the last show I watched on Fox. Uh, I think I watched some. Yeah, I can. I probably watched you. some shitty oh, reality shows, I, but it's not on there anymore. Yeah, you don't want to think about it anymore. Yeah. What the X Files? Yeah, the X Files. Yeah. yeah, The yeah. Simpsons. Hey, I, I had to write about the Simpsons <laughs> on, on Consequence of Sound last night, and I wanted to like. Should I, are you? What, are you? Is CUS going to cover my 20th anniversary of having last watched The Simpsons? Oh, uh, I think so. I'm yeah, yeah. We're gonna. Yeah, have we've a got a whole report. feature dedicated to it. Uh, anyway, by the way, when are you available for interviews? Uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm here. Let's go. Mike, you want to get the next one? Uh, yeah, January 16th. Irrefutable proof of eternal life. Law and order in its many permutations. Now, here's here's an admission from me. I have never gotten through an entire episode of Law Really? No, I can't get into it. You know what's amazing? I will actually say there's been many times, especially all the reruns on USA, especially with SVU, and you know, I'll be on vacations either waiting to do something or we're winding down at the end of the night, and I'll put on, it'll be on in the background. I understand why these shows have been on for like 20 years because they just move. Boom, boom, boom. Next day, you hear like the bump, 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 bump. I mean, that, that's why there are what, like 600 episodes worth of Law & Order shows. I, I've only seen a few myself, but I, I, I can't really... Dang it. It's like no. I'm sitting there watching Big Bang Theory. No, no offense to you fans I out just, there. I've never gotten into it. It's so vanilla and like, plain, but just, you just no, knock I mean, them out. There's I a whole never, cult around it. I've, I never watched... I watched it a little bit with my friends in college like when we were all stoned and stuff and i remember i liked it but it was never a show that i seek out you know but no, if it's me, on me either it's fun to it's fun to watch and get lost in and it's kind of fun that they always kind of go off the headlines you know because they need ideas anyway so they'll write stuff that's like oh you know they'll do like i bet they're gonna have like a fire fest you oh, know sure. adjacent oh, storyline because it's been all over the news that's what they do which i, I don't know i think it's kind of neat um so it's cool that like on. these you know these these specific characters manage to tackle literally everything in the world uh um, january 21st 
You can now visit my son Joe Hill's new blog at Hill's House. Check it out. Very entertaining. Just saying. Uh, sorry, I already went to Hill House, and uh, it was by Mike Flanagan. Well, if he made a mistake, he, he really thought it was Hill's House, but it was just a Netflix series official yeah. website for the haunting of Hill House. <laughs> Do you? This think looks terrific, Joe. There's like a there's a woman's face and a head on t- the house on top of her head. Do you think uh, every time that <coughs> Stephen King was watching um, the haunting of Hill House, and they kept saying in the show like, uh, "We have to get to Hill House." Do you think his brain was just like Joe? No, Joe. No, 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 Joe. No, no, no. Absolutely not. No. I wonder what Joe Hill writes. Joe to... Hill, that wasn't the game. That wasn't the name he gave him. Mm-hmm. That was the name was he chose as an adult because he was ashamed of his father. What does he write on? That's him? a he's lie. He's not ashamed. He, ashamed. he just wanted to separate. I know. I'm playing a little joke. He's like, he's like, I'll do it the hard way. You know, I'll change my name from King. But then his dad's like, oh, here's my agent. Um, oh wait, hold on. Randall. Oh, was that me? That... No, I, there was a little <laughs> bit of bitterness. But no, I do love Joe Hill. Thumbs up, big fan. And also, have we looked at his blog? Is it just like about the Yankees? Or I something? haven't been able to. The about Yankees. The Yankees. <laughs> no wonder his father hates him. <laughs> it's true. He's a big Red Sox fan. These are all jokes. I, we all like Joe Hill here. Big Poppy. Okay, January twenty first. Mm. Do you want to take this? I'll take the next one because I really okay. want to talk about this next one. Well, Stephen King retweeted uh, Richard Cheesemar. Uh, who had the, he posted news about um, Entertainment Weekly premiering the cover of his new book, um, The Girl on the Porch. And uh, King wrote, My boy Rich has written a good one. Got to say you should check this baby out. These guys go way back. Yeah. So they seem like I, uh, because of King, I want to read one of Chismar's books because yeah. I liked Gwendy's, you know. Yeah. I love Gwendy's. Yeah. I liked Gwendy's more than the last uh, two books he did. So, yeah. yeah. Well, but, you didn't read Outsider. No, but I've uh, you didn't read I've heard, I, 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 I didn't read uh, Sleeping Beauty. Like, from what I've heard, I like from that what I've heard. <laughs> I've been on this podcast. Well, I, I, I will say I did. I agree with you. I think that uh, Gwendy's is better than um, Sleeping Beauties and, and Elevation. Elevation. Okay. I, and I've read Outsider, and I'd say that Gwendy's is better than Ooh. Outsider. And hmm. well, where's the HBO series for Gwendy's? Eh, it's a little too <laughs> oh, yeah, short. Four season. <laughs> yeah, <they're... laughs> it's like every step she takes. To yeah. walk up. Well, all right. Where do we go from here? Twenty-four hours ago. Ooh. Get that beep beep noise in the background. Speaking beep, of Fox, beep. reading the border by Don Winslow out next month. Man is a balls to the wall storyteller. A harsh, important book. Favorite line so far: the difference between a hedge fund manager and a drug cartel boss. Wharton Business School. Now, now Don Winslow's awesome. He wrote he wrote the Force, which came out a couple years ago. Is he the Don? He's he's <laughs> he's, the, he's the Don of my of my literary heart. And this is actually the part three in a, in a trilogy, I believe. Um, so mm-hmm. I think the cartel is part two. I forgot what book one is, but I, I think they're making a movie. I think, um, is it David Simon adapting the Ooh. force? I think he's, he's, he's writing the adaptation for well, that. That film, would be amazing. Yeah. yeah. I'm really looking forward to, to, to more. Don I read, Winslow. I read like 30% of the force and then my, I had it from the library. Oh, yeah, that's right. And, uh, it went away. So I need to finish it because i really liked it and especially because yeah. you told me it like hits a certain point and, and then it, it really goes, starts cooking and i think yeah. i was like right on the verge of hitting that and yeah. i was already enjoying it so yeah so let's wrap things up deep thoughts by stephen king is what you wrote here mike why don't Love you kick this. it off i will um on january 6 he tweeted fly eagles fly or die eagles die what do you say twitterverse i say that's not deep because it's clearly about sports i'll say it's i can answer the question for him it was die, Eagles die. Yeah. Bless their hearts. Uh, whatever. <laughs> they, ruined, they ruined everything for uh, Chicago, but I don't really care because I don't watch football. So, uh, well, that's well, what happens Justin's is our um, Nick Foles had a real chance to come back and tie that game up. And then um, former um, Chicago Bear 
I let a ball go right through his fingers and get intercepted, and they lost the game. And yeah. he has to live with that for at least eight months. Granted, <laughs> he's a millionaire, so yeah. don't, don't worry, don't don't worry really too much. Ooh. That was um, me snoring. Oh, You're talking about go. sports. Oh, gaffer over oh, here. We get you like little tape glasses with <laughs> cross eyes. <laughs> the cross eyes emoji with the buck teeth over here. Oh, what sports? <laughs> um, this is speaking good. of speaking of sports, January seventeenth from Mitch Ryder's Devil the Blue Dress. Bracelets on their fingers and everything. Are there really finger bracelets? Google says there are, but it seems like a pretty weird concept. Now, if I tweeted that out, I would get no responses. How many likes and retweets? Oh, it's that, probably like a thousand. God Almighty! No, people. more than that. There's probably like three hundred thousand. Like, <laughs> I like that this is like also under deep color. thoughts. Uh, I saw Mitch Ryder in the Detroit Wheels live. My dad used to tour with them. No shit. Yeah, he used to open up for him and uh, Paul Butterfield and the Animals and a bunch of other ones. Man, and, he he said, must... and, they, and he said, sorry, there can only be one Mitch on this tour. Yeah, it was like, <laughs> we're out. Um, <laughs> Mitch Rothman, get Mitch out of here. Mitch Rothman, get uh, January 17th, that same day. Today's best rock group name, Satan's Almighty Penis. Runner-up, Tiger. Shit, Tiger, Tiger. Is this real? These real names? Let's find out. Uh, uh, I mean, Satan's Almighty Penis is a band I'd absolutely go see. You would go see that? Yeah. Well, guess what? Uh, they are an actual band. Nice. They have songs called uh, Tentacles of the Ancient Ones, We Shall All Be Forgotten, Cursed with Weakness, and Slave by Fear. Uh, they sound serious. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a song called, like... Oh, the record label is Pagan Flames Productions. Okay. That, see, true. all this sounds great until you hear the song names, and I'm just like, I yeah. thought, like, aren't you guys... I don't know. It could have been a really fun name. I think Rob Zombie's got better song names. <laughs> Yeah, they need songs called Dragula. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Hey, um, speaking of uh, Rob Zombie. Yeah. You know where he lives? Hollywood. There's a town on the coast of Del Sol. Always find my way there. There's a place that the calls to my soul. Always find my way there. People there are forever young. Forever young. And they toast to each other's love each and every night. I'm a survivor. I'm a creep. We're going to talk about Creep Show. Ooh. Uh, Bloody Disgusting has done a ton of reports, mm -hmm. uh, keeping all their tabs on what's going down in Atlanta, which is Creep Show, the first season for Shudder. Yeah. And we reported that last year. We talked yeah. about how there it was going to be Creep Show doing an anthology series. Yeah, which is exciting to me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and uh, the first one that they're filming uh, is going. Greg Nicotero is going to be directing a handful of episodes, and the first one is going to be um, Survivor Type. Mm -hmm. Now, if you were at our Stephen King Film Festival at the Music Box back in July. You might have seen when we actually screened the real Survivor type. <laughs> the um, real. The real one, oh, you know. Um, our uh, pal, um, friend of the pod, uh, Bill Hansen, he had uh, recorded it. Um, he did a, a short, kind uh, of like almost 10 years ago. Like now. a found footage version. Found foot yeah, it was Very like clever. a found footage version that was like a dollar baby. Um, and so proved that it could be done. So this is actually just perfect uh, to be one of the episodes for Creep Show, which also makes sense because Survivor type is in. Uh, skeleton crew yeah. and so is the raft which also appeared in creep show too creep show too and um there's a couple other ones that are on there um they confirmed that uh, comedy writer director rob schrab who did uh workaholics uh, sarah silverman community and um sarah silverman program and then he also wrote for community he's going to be directing at least one episode titled bad wolf down and uh it's mm -hmm. reportedly about a group of world war ii american soldiers pinned down by a nazi unit 
who have to resort to unholy and supernatural means to avoid captured torture and death. I now, love unholy as a word. That's great. I love that word. But the thing that's weird about that is that like heavy metal did that already in the original movie. Um, uh-huh. but one of the best actual stories in heavy metal. The first one, not the heavy metal 2000, which was very subpar. Uh, had like a bunch of the bombers that um that have to deal that that have to deal with like oh, zombies yeah, that come back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I wonder if there's like some sort of spiritual ties to that, or if it's just going to be like an overlord situation because that yeah. you know it happened. But either way, sounds like a cool one-off story. But the 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 other there are there are two other ones um, okay. that we have here that that got confirmed also. Um, there's another one that says that Matt Venn, um, who actually directed a uh, bag of bones or maybe he wrote it he, he wrote mick Garris directed it. it okay so he wrote it um and he's going to be writing another creep show episode called the companion ah. uh, which is going to be based on a 1995 short story by joe r lansdale casey joe lansdale and keith lansdale so the lansdale family i guess they all just took a <laughs> pass at this short story it's three writers for a short story that seems a lot um the logline for that is 13-year-old Harold decides to explore the long-abandoned farm of the late Raymond Brenner and finds that he's got a new companion, a murderous, indestructible scarecrow. Nice. That sounds perfect. Crackerjack. It sounds like Harold, the short story from Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark. Ooh, that is actually creepy. It, sounds, is like, it sounds like the yeah. Scarecrow trilogy, which are a series of straight-to-DVD movies that I was obsessed with when I was in college because they were really bad. And the third one was called Scarecrow Gone Wild. <laughs> Does he go to like Cancun or something? No, it, well they No, he's just really wild. It was <laughs> funny. Just... No, cuz it was funny cuz uh yeah, they did go to the beach, but it was definitely like an abandoned beach in like northern California or something. Oh. But there was a cornfield right next to it, of course, and the scarecrow was underwater at one point. It's like ding it, ding. But ding, the best part of it ding. was it starred WWE superstar Ken Shamrock. Oh, I love Ken Shamrock. But she should have been in Leprechaun. That would have been good. Leprechaun returns. <laughs> it took me a moment. <laughs> There's it, one last one. No, though. I want to say the Lansdale uh, I, the name sounds familiar. He he wrote the books, the Happen Leonard books that they made into a TV series. Oh, okay. He did uh, Colton July that they made into a movie a couple of years ago. Oh, yeah. He also wrote, you nerds over here might be more familiar with this, a bunch of um, stories for the uh, Batman animated series. Oh, that's fucking cool. Because yeah. I love the Batman animated series. Very cool. There you um, go. And then there's one last one. And this one's actually kind of cool. Um, Christopher uh, Buhlman. He's going to pen an episode titled The Man in the Suitcase. And that was actually just announced only like a couple hours yeah, ago. Yeah, so I just you saw it on the that. way over here, yeah. Um, and that's about a college student who brings home the wrong suitcase from the airport. So uh. looking at all four of these, it seems as if they are going to capture the spirit of Creepshow. There's this mm. idea of bringing home horror. There's the the um, that curse element that seems to, to be the case with a lot of things. There's the historical element that... Also seems to be a little bit more of like the Twilight Zone movie too. The more I think about it, um, I'm excited about this. Yeah. Like I, I've actually I haven't really watched any of the original program on Shutter other than Joe Bob, so I can't really speak to that level. But Greg Nicotero's in it. Is there I like mean, a premiere yet? Um, premiere there's date? no. I, I imagine I'm it's, come, it's the summer, probably right or Halloween. Oh, I'd like, be better. Yeah. You know, Halloween, Halloween. So uh, hey, if it's a creep show, um, actually we have a, a lot of space. That's freed up in October, so this is dropping October. We'll just be perfect. Do a Could whole future cool. episode. Maybe we'll bring I back if our they new would... flesh guys. I yeah, wonder, I wonder if they would just drop them all at the same time. I think they will. Yeah, I don't know. You know. Oh, but th- actually, that's a good point because Joe Bob's been week. To, it's going to be week to week. I think he is starting. I think sometime this year, as a matter of fact. So I a part of me thinks that, given the paywall 
situation that's been going on that was like a huge big thing today that everyone's talking about pitchfork is probably gonna be under paywall soon i wonder if more of this like rampant like on-demand sort of thing is going to be um limited now in the future with even with like streaming programs where they're going to start going back to like week to week to kind of make but sure you know what's funny go. about that is i think that shutter's done a really good job of creating this like appointment television i mean people for the even though the joe bob all those movies and his old presentation is available now yeah but i think at the time people didn't know that that was going to happen no and their i mean their servers crashed like yeah. everybody wanted to see this everybody stayed up for 24 hours and watched this marathon and I think the appointment television can still exist, especially when you are on something that is so exclusively here it is, everything is entire, you can watch it whenever. I, if you I, tease something as a week to week thing, I, I think that will still amp up anticipation that's it's hard to find. Like Game of Thrones, for instance. Yeah. Well, speaking if Game of, of Thrones all dropped yeah. in one week, who would care? Speaking of uh, appointment television, we've got Castle Rock, yeah. uh, which yeah. is currently. Oh, no, it starts filming in March, the second season of the show. Mm -hmm. Uh, What do we got here? It was already announced that Hulu had ordered a second season of the J.J. Abrams-produced Castle Rock, their series inspired by the Stephen King universe. We haven't heard much since the announcement, but Production Weekly is reporting that season two will go into production this coming March in central Massachusetts. Michael Uppendahl and Dan... Is it Adius? Dan Adius. They're both directing. Uh, they both Dan were... Adius obviously worked on Silver Bullet. Was the they director. both run for the first season? So they're and trying they to direct a the... bunch of it's always Sunny in Philadelphia episodes. Mm. And uh, Up and Doll, yeah, Fargo, Legion, Fear the Walking Dead, so American Horror Story. So he, he's in the scene. And that's probably. I mean, if they're filming now, it's there's, it's likely that uh, it'll come out this year. So that's something to look forward to. I would also assume there's going to be a, a big announcement any day now about the casting and the plot or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, at least not necessarily the plot, but just the setting or something. Yeah. It's, it's starting to film in two months. I mean, we didn't really know much about the actual storyline for Castle Rock until like the promotional stuff actually. Yeah. Happened. It took a long time, I remember, to... It was very teased out the first season was. Did we know about Shawshank before the teaser started happening or was it... I think mm. it was the first teaser because they showed... We knew it was going to be – well, no, because I, I feel like we heard a little bit before that it was going to be. But I remember in the trailer when you saw the photo of Bob Gunn, you knew it like yeah. existed in the same universe as yeah. the movie. But I'm which, trying to remember yeah. if like when we were doing production stuff, if that's when we found out or yeah. if it was we, like – We knew about the cast before any trailers came out. I know that. We knew about – I think we knew the cast names too before the trailers came out. I wonder how From, uh, not be, all the cast, but a lot of the cast members. I mean, in the interview that we did with them, it seems like they'd be open to like jumping around in the time and stuff too. So I think they will. Seventies. I, I hope they. I mean, I do. I hope they do. I hope they do the Fargo route and just jump around. What yeah. Do you, what type of genre do you want for the second season? I want balls to the wall horror, baby. Yeah, me too. Give it to me. Let's I go. want a monster movie, like a monster thing. Yeah. You know. I well, agree. we'll see. That or a romantic comedy. One. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Let's go all pure romantic comedy. Um. <laughs> Hey, we're going to be uh, getting a monster movie from uh, HBO, The Outsider. The Outsider, that's that's, that's true. mm. That's also starting to film, uh, God, from February to July. And they're looking for extras. If you're living in Georgia, they're looking for, what does it say? They're they're basically just looking for extras in there. And they're going to be filming around Georgia. Um, They want police officers. Um, they actually want real life uh, police officers. They're looking for males that are comfortable with crimes. nudity. I, I got to check the Vegas lines on oh. our old friend Josh Michael. Whether or not he's going to be on the show? Oh, he's it's one hundred percent right. I think he's going to be. Yeah, yeah. 100%. If he's living it, because he lives out there, right in Atlanta. Um, he does, yeah, exactly. He does. Yeah, yeah. And so, yeah, seeking uncomfortable with nudity. I imagine that's because there's a bit of shape shifting going on. And you know what happens when you shift shapes? 
You can't take your clothes with you. You can't take your clothes with you all the time. So there might be some dong. Well, if there is a shapeshifter <laughs> in this, then they're probably going to have to get a ton of that, like, you know, extras. A ton of extras but, with, with big dongs. With big dongs. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Well, Maybe I'm excited. Maybe the shape it shifts into doesn't have a big dong. Uh, then that's not a shape I want to see on screen. <laughs> oh, God. Um, <laughs> fulfill that Randall, di- <laughs> that Randall quadrant of the demo. Randall demands big dongs. <laughs> big dongs. Um, Hello, this is Jason, co-host of the All 80s Movies Podcast, with a message from Factor Meals. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factor's no-prep, no-mess meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer, thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you will always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you will always have new flavors to explore. Treat yourself to restaurant-quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. Head to factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 and use code 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code 80smovies50 at factormeals.com slash 80smovies50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Speakers, they're looking for experienced public speakers for a non-speaking role? I what? Know. I think it's going to be something I think, the doing, I, I think they're doing sign language. Yeah. That's got to be a typo. That is so fucking funny. It literally says seeking experienced <laughs> public speakers for non-speaking role. Maybe it's somebody and in the background. You just cut and pasted this. I did. That is the funniest shit. I mean, it could be. Oh, my God. Uh, they need inmates and protesters, men and women of any ethnicity, ages Does 18 any of this ring a bell based on the Oh, word? yeah. Yeah? Absolutely. Okay. All of it rings a bell. So uh, they're, they're being, you know, uh, they're being true to the <laughs> <laughs> Based on this casting. Well, the dongs are definitely true to the book. So. Okay. Uh, little I'm just le- glad the casting call really, you know, promises good intentions. Randall, don't you remember IP. that speaker who didn't speak? <laughs> <laughs> I can't get over it's that. Part two. Yeah. Seeking experienced public speakers for non-speaking role. Maybe there'll be a promise of season two. Get a couple words in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm imagining that if it's going to be filming all the way until July, we're not going to see this until quarter one. I think this they're going to maybe try to amp this up as like the big replacement for next year because you know there will be no. Well, I guess we'll we'll premiered True Detective premiered True Detective in January. Premiered this this will probably, probably be the it. January yeah. release next year. Um. You heard, you heard it here first. And they you need people from a, for a Little League game, which is a big part of mm-hmm. that story. Is it really? Yeah. Uh, James McAvoy, more like James Scaredy Boy. Mike? <laughs> Come on. I thought that was... Okay. Well, no. Justin's going to read this one. I want Justin to read the headline again. Okay, I want all of us it. to read it to see how we can handle this one. Make it funny. Uh, James McAvoy? <laughs> more like James... <laughs> Take two. Uh, James McAvoy? More like James Scaredy Boy. Uh, James McAvoy, more like James Scaredy Boy. James McAvoy, more like James Scaredy Boy. On Good Morning America today, McAvoy touched briefly upon his experience on the set last year, admitting that Bill Skarsgård legit freaked him out with a character. He, he's amazing. Skarsgård's terrific. Terif- <laughs> he's, he's a lovely guy, and yet he really freaked me out. I remember uh, standing there with the rest of the cast, all these dolts. And we'd all done weird, freaky stuff. And we, we were all looking at each other going, I don't like being here. I don't like being an actor today. 
He really did. He really freaked me out. I never liked clowns as a kid. Oh my god, wow. that's so funny. Well, he is out promoting Glass, which is currently in theaters. Can't, I've got to see his piece. He of has shit. the rope. Uh. He has the <laughs> like. Like his body, like in the glass movie, he's just like all ropey muscle. Yeah, it's he so is. gross. Well, because he's the beast. He's yeah. beastly. Yeah, he's like one I asked Jen. I asked Jen. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, is that is that hot? Like the ropey kind of muscle? And she's like, yeah, it can be. Isn't there a lot of CGI be. too, though? Not too much. Because this movie is very low the... budget. There's not a lot of CGI in this movie. It looked expensive as hell. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> Rachel. First, okay. first TV teaser of wait what? Yeah, the first TV teaser. Yeah, of Pet, Sematary. Uh, Pet Sematary came out, and we got a glimpse of Zelda. Yeah, it's very short. Very short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I That's actually thought I it was. See. It's it's just like a. Yeah. Well, know, and it does it CGI. Though. You can sort of tell that it's a younger Zelda, which is one of the things that was revealed in the Entertainment Weekly piece that came out a while ago. Mm-hmm. Was that Zelda would not be. You know, like Zelda was played by like a 20, 21 year old in the man, the, man. man in the previous film. And it's going to be like a 13 year old girl, I believe, in this one. So, yeah, I don't which I'm a little bit meh about. But um, but don't you want them to go in a different direction? I, I do. I do. Yeah. I do. You're yeah. But it's like I just I'm so wary of like creepy kids like, quote unquote. oh, yeah. And that's, so I and that's why I'm already a little bit like they've got kids walking around in masks beating yeah. drums. It could be cool. But uh, I got so burned down on creepy kids like. You know what, like mid two th- mid twenty tens, yeah. like every movie was all just creepy kids all the time. The Sidious movies, the sinister movies. And, yeah. I like them. I mean, I like some. I hate the first two Insidious, but like I like some of those movies. But I just got so I'm so not into like creepy kids. I don't think I'm trying to think of any time that the creepy kid actually creeped me out. I I, I just can't think of any. The Omen. Yeah, but that's like I I, I, like, I, I put that in a different genre because he's the he's literally the devil. Like I mean, yeah, I guess for me, like it's when they like, use creepy kids, it's usually like like the ghost that's just standing there. What about that like, little vampire kid in a uh, Lost Boys? <laughs> oh yeah, nobody <laughs> freaks out. The he's like, ah! but no, I mean, like you look <laughs> at so you look at uh, let the right one in, you know? And, yeah. Like, I mean, granted though, but that's the thing is, it's like she's not she's scary, but she's also not. You know? I mean, it's mm-hmm. like you can do creepy kids well, but you have to give them more dimension than just there for the. Sake oh, I know of something How about no, no joke. Amisha Barton in The Sixth Sense. Yeah, that scene is pretty yeah. creepy. And yeah. then, like for me, um, uh, the ring, the kid. I yeah, know he's not the villain, and I'm not saying the ring girl. I'm saying yeah. the boy. Yeah, the casting was the so son. good, even though he's like not a bad guy or anything. But he, that kid, is so gaunt and ghostly that it really worked in that movie, and it gave it a lot of atmosphere. You know that about that film that really gets me is thinking about like the island that she goes to where yeah. Brian Cox is at. And just like that, that whole isolated feeling, man, Gore Vabinsky like totally captures that. I think about that, that whole premise of just being alone in that, that island area, like all the time. Like it's just, great movie. it's just so creepy. And yeah. Weird career that guy's had. Yeah. He really yeah. He has. was, he just stepped down from directing the Gambit movie. Uh, uh, well, that's recently. probably a smart idea. Let's go ahead and throw down that island with Brian Cox. Yeah. And never talk about uh, it. Yeah. Channing Tatum star might direct it now. I just wrote that. Good story. luck Channing. Uh, Channing you. Tatum might direct it. Yeah. And oh, like my God. headline was something just like, fine, Channing Tatum will direct the damn Gambit movie if no one else will. Listen, I'm going to throw my hat in the ring. I'll direct the goddamn thing. Just get it out. Just get it over with. I wish James McAvoy would come back. Uh, Wait, no, it was, it was, I thought it was Riggins. No, but like... Was if, Taylor Kitsch, he Gambit, was supposed and to be uh, X-Men. Yeah, what's Mac... And Wolverine. Oh, you know, you McAvoy, want McAvoy to come back as Professor X? Professor X, he come oh. back in and, you know, he'll, he'll talk to Gambit and stuff. So. I don't know. I like, I, I like Taylor Kitsch uh, as I did Gambit. I <laughs> Well, we're like about how much we loved X Men, X Men, X Men Origins Wolverine. 
Okay, let's move on. Yeah. Uh, park this piece of shit. Oh, I love it. Uh, that's a reference to Child's Play 2. Mm-hmm. Great movie. One of the great horror line readings of all time. No King's hyperbole. Dominion. King's Dominion. No, there's no King's Dominion there. <laughs> um, according to Bleeding Cool, it's a website, the third season of Mr. Mercedes will be based on the second book in the series, Finders Keepers. The season will be 10 episodes long, and so far there has been no information about if Brady will be present in the season or not. Now, full disclosure, I've only read the first two books, but Randall, I heard that season two was about the third book. Yep, it was. So I'm assuming... Which in a way makes sense, because they, you know, Brady's kind of a non-entity in the second book. I don't want to get spoilery, but... Makes sense to me, too. But then he's, you know, then he's he's a bigger player in the third book, so it's like... I think just in terms of logistics, it made more sense to uh, tell that story um, next, like in the second season. Because the third, the second book, Finders Keepers, which you've read, it it does rope in Hodges, but it, it is it's kind of a standalone it is. in its own way. So, and I bet they can find the connective tissue to lead it. And then if they want to keep the show going, they can pivot off the second season and keep moving from there, which I think is cool. And, and uh, Finders uh, Keepers was yeah, really good. I agree, as we established. Maybe day one of this podcast. Um, <laughs> I think the Mr. Mercedes book is really bad. Yeah. But I do actually enjoy Finders Keepers. Yeah, it was pretty For those good. reasons, I think, uh, once again, King's rendering of Bill Hodges was improved by the TV series. I'll just say that much. Yeah. I, just, I think I like Brendan Gleeson in like pretty much anything. Yeah, that's the he's thing. Great. He's going to solve a lot of problems for you. I mean, he's, he's, even, in, he's even great in Mission Impossible, too. Um, it's true. Know. Oh, so. yeah, he is in that piece of shit. Yeah, he's You know that. who else is good in that? Who? Ving Rhames. Have you ever seen, you know who else is good in that? Who? Thomas Mapather. <laughs> is that the villain? I love Thomas Mapather. That's the he was on Lost. It's Tom Cruise's no, no, no. cousin. Thomas Mapather is Tom Cruise's real oh, name. But oh, no, really? well, William Mapather is who That's I'm right. thinking of. That's, That's his right. like cousin who is on Lost. What did he play in Lost? Uh he was Ethan, the guy in the yeah. first season. Oh, who, like, the, yeah. Yeah. He's been in a bunch of he was also in, in Oh the my bed- god, that makes sense. You ever see sense, In the Bedroom man. with Sissy Spacek and he's yeah. the the killer, the husband. Ooh. He looks like Tom Cruise. That is true, he does. I wonder if he's a Scientologist. Mm. I hope so. I hope not. I hope so too. <laughs> Save if you if you could join Scientology, would you join them? Absolutely. I am not making any Scientology comments. Oh yeah, we probably on, on we should podcast. probably keep that quiet. Yeah, let's They're keep it listening. Quiet. I, that's where I draw my, my fear line right All there. Right. Well, afraid. the last piece of Hollywood King news is a message from Stephen King who uh, sent a, a little newsletter to uh, all his newsletter subscribers before the end of the year. And he wrote, uh, "Dear constant reader, Thanks to all of you who have spoken and written so kindly about The Outsider. It means a great deal to me. Before I wrote this book, I kept encountering doubles. There's a story by Edgar Allan Poe called William Wilson, and in it, a kid goes to school and meets his exact double. Next, I read a book called Dead Wake about the Lusitania, which also features a double. People say everybody has a twin somewhere in the world. And thinking about these doubles gave me the idea to write a book about a man, a pillar of the community, who was accused of a horrible crime. He's convicted in advance by DNA, eyewitnesses, and fingerprints. But at the same time, he has an ironclad alibi. So it's the irresistible force meets the immovable object, if you will. And I wanted to see how that played out. Once I got the premise right, The Outsider was one of those magic books that told itself. And to have both The Outsider and Elevation win the Goodreads Choice Awards this year... Goodreads. That is... (laughs) Told you! I told you! That is so cool, I can't believe it. (laughs) Thanks, you guys, and happy holidays. Stephen King. I have one comment. 
This doesn't this read like something that would have been released before The Outsider was released? Yes. <laughs> like, it's just like that book you all loved. You know, the one about the guys convicted in advance by DNA, eyewitnesses. Like, yeah, we got it. It, happy yeah. holidays. That's written on the. That's written on the spine on of the, the book. Yeah, right, he's probably know. literally like typing it out as he's writing. Well, maybe he was so trying funny. to like remind people that didn't buy the book to buy it. Yeah, no, I think you that's know? what it was. It it's, t- was. it's telling he doesn't mention elevation until he says, "Oh yeah, by the way, thanks for liking elevation." Oh, you guys liked elevation. All right, yeah, cool. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> I wrote that uh, before I got out of bed. Yeah, <laughs> that's probably what he. I did. wrote that on a morning when I was. It was raining out. And I was bored. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, that, that's the power that. Like authors like King or Grisham have, where they literally probably could do that. Yeah, and they would make. Well, they just millions. they wrote some of this stuff ten years ago. Oh, you yeah. know, well, incredible! It's incredible! It's, incredible. it's amazing! It's amazing! Um, anything else in Hollywood, King? I'm. Uh, I can't even write one book. I think it's time to head into the convertible, drop that top, and drive back on home to a category we like to call no title. <laughs> So we put it to you, the listener. We said, what do you want us to talk about in King? Do you want us to talk about, uh, what was it? Most Gru- gruesome in- accidents. Gruesome injuries. Oh, gruesome injuries. Or, or uh, daring escapes. Daring escapes. Yeah. I actually was kind of rooting for daring escapes. Because I, I will always say, like, The Running Man is not a good book. But the sequence where, like he crawls underground or he crawls through like a pipe and everything and, and yes. to escape. It is one of the most like anxiety inducing things. I've ever and of course, Gerald's game. Yeah. Gerald's game, obviously, which we'll also talk about in this. Yeah. So we're here to talk about gruesome injuries. And I think we kind of decided these aren't things that kill people. Uh, Cause if we did that. We'd, you know, just be talking about the best deaths. Uh, we're here to talk about injuries that are particularly gruesome that they lived through, which is kind of inspired in a way by misery. Yeah. Uh, because, man, does Paul Sheldon go through some shit. Yeah. Paul Sheldon, um, spoiler alert, he's got no foot. He's also <laughs> missing a thumb, I believe. Yeah. I don't I don't think anyone who listens to this podcast would be spoiled by that. No, no. I don't think so either. Although, should we they... only, you know what? Should we only talk about books that we've covered on this podcast? Like, should we go past... I don't know if we should go past misery right now. I, I, think I was that, just thinking about that. I think that I think that in this section, if we want to go past, it's okay. Because Maybe we put a little spoiler alert in there. Yeah, okay. we can just say it. Yeah. We'll Let's say all it right say it now. right now. One, two, three. Spoiler, spoiler alert. alert. Read on if you dare. Uh, right. speak, well, since or we're doing on that, listen on if you dare. I'm going to start by spoiling something in the dark half, which is coming up, oh. which has always been something that's really... Uh, grossed me out in terms of an injury uh i mentioned on our misery episode that barrel pencils barrel mm-hmm. black beauties uh more specifically uh play a big role in dark half mm-hmm. and it turns out that there's a scene where a character stabs through his hand with a one of those pencils an especially sharp one oh. and then like i think if i'm remembering correctly it's been years since i've read it and i'm i mean i'm i'm I, if i'm on the episode i'll reread it i don't remember if i am but uh, that he literally, and then he like pulls it out, and then like looks through the hole in his hand, like into a mirror, and he can like see his eyes and everything. It's an it's like a neat moment, but man, that shit grossed me out because I think he talks about how you could see like like the like the oh, God the, the, the nerves and it. stuff, like it's the nerves gross. and everything. It's so gross. That kind of reminds me of thinner, um, yeah, the, like with the, the ball bearing, the, like with the yeah, the ball bearing. Oh, yeah. oh God. Yeah, like those little kind of holes, those puncture wounds, is yeah. to me very, very well, the, unnerving. And the way they they do it in the thinner for the movie 
where he has it wrapped around his hand yeah and it's so cold outside and he's just been sitting there with this like wound in the, like the bathroom mm. mm-hmm. and then he like punctures like the gypsy man covers like punctures it again in his hand yeah like, oh god like that that's another one that i would add on here for sure yeah I think in terms of injuries and then surviving, it would obviously be the beginning of drawing of the of the three. Yeah, mm. the Lobstrasi attack on on Roland and to see first of all psychologically when you're reading this, you think he's just the every the everyday hero cowboy who's going to just kick ass the entire series, and he's laid low yeah. <laughs> so quick, and he loses what um, two fingers on his right hand, I think it is. Yeah, yep. his thumb and forefinger, and he loses part of his toe, I think, too. Right. And it's so it's prolonged. Gross. Yeah, it's just gross. Like I, it's and the whole so, thing yeah. is, and the whole book is literally about him reacting to these injuries, and yeah. trying to get pain medication and stop the the blood from virus. And it is very similar to Empire Strikes Back. The more I think about it, like that that whole story, like just the idea that of how dark it gets in that in that respect, like because if you think about it, like Empire Strikes Back, starts out pretty dark too, because Luke pretty much gets injured right off the bat, and then you know you you have this triumphant. Um, I guess Gunslinger doesn't really end triumphantly, but you come back to your hero and immediately he's like succumbs to injuries. And that's kind of, I don't know, kind of sets a, a weird tone for that book that I love because he's at just such a disadvantage throughout that whole book yeah. because of it. Because um, yeah, he has to sense. learn to fire with it. Like at certain, certain well, because he's, yeah, he's, really, he's, he's the Gunslinger. He's, yeah. he's great with both hands, but he's better with the right hand, of course. I think he jerks off with his left hand, right? That's what Ooh. he says in the book. Yeah. He's okay. like, well, at least I can still you know, jerk off with my left hand. Good Lord. Um, um, I'm just quote. This is what this is literally from the a, book. Yeah, I'm yeah, not making this up. No, he's not. He's not. A little uh, bit of pound cake, a little taste. I love, little I would taste. love some pound cake right now. Actually. Oh, God, I would murder <laughs> um, for a slice of pound cake. Right um, so, yeah, I think, but it, yeah, it is interesting in drawing the three because you need to put him at that kind of disadvantage. Um, so he can be saved in a way by the by the people who are coming through. It needs to give them some agency. So Susanna and Eddie, obviously. I think so for all the injuries in the King book, that might be the, the one that has the most driving force. I, I agree. I agree. Well, um, well, I, besides well except for something else. So if I, if one of you two don't mention it, I will, but Mike. Well, one of them that stuck with me uh, goes back to the dead zone. And yeah. And it's what happened yeah. to Frank Dodd ah! with uh, his uh, peen. Mm. When, uh, his the, peen. The safety pin that went through it, which is disgusting. But it's a clothespin, right? A clothespin. I, I thought it was a. Um, I could be wrong. Yeah, clothespin. Oh, it's a clothespin. Still, doesn't Regardless, it's painful and gross. Oh. And he's well, young he's, when it happens. Well, yeah, he's like, a little kid. Yeah, it's really fucked. That up. fucked me up when I was a kid. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, any any peen damage is uh, is rough on me. Yeah. So, well, no, definitely, I'm not a fan of anything damaging done to my penis either. I have to try him in here. Yeah, I think genitals should just be, you know, just leave them alone. alone. It's like cats and dogs; don't kill them. Yeah, leave them alone. It's exactly like that. Um. <laughs> Randall, what, Randall, the, as, we, as we continue this roundtable of of Stephen King injuries, what, what, do you have anything else here? Oh, I have plenty. Uh, yeah. I would love to talk about the the burns that the trash man gets. Yeah. Trash, mm. trash man. Yeah, <laughs> trash trashy. man. Trashy. trashy. He's trashy. Uh, it's the way it's it's something that is very visceral to me. Have you guys ever had like a really 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 bad sunburn? Yes. Like like sun yeah. poisoning, you know? Yeah. Oh man, that happened to me once. Man, like I don't know, twelve years ago, thirteen years ago, I was like painting my dad's deck or something, and I was an idiot and I didn't put enough lotion on, or maybe even none. And then yeah, my back, the up, my upper back and my shoulders just like burned to fucking hell, and it was like a pain that like radiates like deep in your bones. It's so bad. And uh, whenever I read the stand, I mean, this isn't a sunburn; it's it's a burn from fire. But because trashy blows up all those Indiana uh, yeah. oil 
the containers. I can't remember what they're called in there, but but he blows those up and the explosion's so huge that it like pushes him back. And then uh, they're like, God, for hundreds of pages, King keeps returning to just the deep red like burn, the burns that like are deep, deep within him and like damaging him like just as they exist. And I think and, Vic Garris does a really good job. Yes, showing that in the miniseries. I even as a kid, I mean, I grew up in South Florida where like sunburns were rampant. Although I did not get my first sunburn until I went to California, which is weird. But um, I remember that just really sticking with me as a kid and just yeah. like thinking like, why is his skin like falling off? And of course, it's because of the radiation that he has with the thing. But at this, even prior to that, his yeah. whole fucking forehead is like all messed up because of all the burns and stuff. Like yeah, that. I mean, the radiation coming. is its own thing. And that's, you know, it isn't what kills him. The bomb blowing up kills everybody. But it's like the... But I mean, so the radiation is disgusting, especially when accompanied by that image that was, you know, accompanied a lot of the books of trashy, like looking, you know, like a little goblin. I bet you I know where King got inspiration from that. Where? Um, Terre Haute, uh, Indiana. Well, I was in Terre Haute, Indiana. Yeah. Well, if you like in the good, the bad and the ugly, uh-huh. um, uh, Clint Eastwood's character like really suffers from like sun uh, poisoning and that Blondie. He's like wandering Spoiler around alert. like crazy and his skin just gets all fucked up and messed up. And I. And knowing that he was inspired by that that movie, you know, by that movie going into like Gunslinger and everything else like that, I wonder if he thought about that for a uh, good old trashy, yeah, wandering around uh, in, under the sun all the time. Yeah, it's so. like in the book and the series, in the miniseries, it's it's just so the way that the burns manifest are so disturbing, and like, and even when he like flops onto that bed um, when he gets to the hotel room in the movie, which you know is very much like oh he's earned that after walking so far and everything. I just think about like how much. It hurts to lay down yeah. even when you're that, especially like, burn. especially get a you know a gun shoved up your ass too. Well, there's that too. That's so yeah. if we want to roll, if we want to keep on the trashy thing and roll <laughs> the kid in, uh, then definitely maybe a sodomy via uh, the barrel of a revolver would also be. Well, a also depends thing. on what version of the stand you read too. So yes, if the, old school, you have no idea what we're talking yeah. about. Yeah, <laughs> but the extended version yes. where we meet the kid, who the complete was, and uncut edition, who is definitely not one of our favorite parts of the book when we were. Oh, my hot take know. was I like that kid. I like you that like the kid? Like yeah, the kid. that was oh, a hot okay. take. Indeed. I was in. I mean, I'm not, I'm not as anti kid as other people on the pod, but uh, that you know, putting putting the the gun up the butt is uh, not a very pleasant. No, I, I didn't approve of the action. <laughs> Oh, you masturbated to it. Well, um, no, I, I do. I like, have the gun up my ass before. I, I do like it. the idea that that um, because you liked a character, you approve of all. Well, of that, that's where we are as a society now. Like, you, you can't like bad, bad to the true. bone characters, it's or true. you're somehow approving of their behavior. You know, it's just obnoxious. Yeah. Oh, you like the kid, so you like you like. Well, I don't like, I don't like yeah. the kid. We, we no, have like, to cut it. We no, we no, don't. no, 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 no. Keep it in there. Keep it in there. Keep it in there. We're gonna lose all our jobs. I said to the kid, keep it in there. <laughs> well, Randall, you mentioned walking. Yeah, trash can man did a lot of walking. How about those kids in the long walk? Yeah, right? because those injuries you could. There's no supernatural element going on there that's driving. It's just you can imagine because we've all had a long walk in our lives, right? We've all walked too long. We've all got blisters on our on our feet before. At least I have. And just the description of having to make sure you wear certain socks, yeah, or certain tennis shoes, and then being outsmarted by this the the, the sheer force of walking for too long, and then the blood and the tears. It, that that creeps me out more than let's, a lot of things. Let's just say they don't have to worry about athletes' foot. Yeah. So the long walk, if you have not read it, you know it's about like a contest to see who can walk the longest. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the more visceral things in the book. And one of the things I remember we commented a lot 
on in the episode was the description of of what's happening to your feet and your legs and the way that the cramping as well the cramping and then yeah. you they kind of go through you know and it kind of comes and goes throughout the book obviously because then you know you you surpass a certain pain threshold and then you can go for another long they start time about how like the legs look like spaghetti oh like, it's so because you can see the veins and, oh, yeah you can see the God. veins and everything and man i just remember that description we were all very very disturbed by it well it just keeps going too yeah you know i mean we just think about like you mentioned earlier it's like is he ever gonna walk again like yeah. at the end of the i mean obviously the book ends very open with, but, yeah. with him like just he's like i'm gonna walk forever but th- there is the question of like okay he survived it but like, what are his legs going to be like? Yeah. You know, it's, it's such a great premise for an idea, like for a story. I, mean, I hope just, that like, the movie so turns genius. out good. That they're apparently developing. Well, so. That yeah. could really make a great, great genre movie. I, I agree. Hopefully. I'm, I'm very excited for it. Well, you should uh, be happy, console listeners, because we just unlocked that episode. So it's true. You know, it's back. It's back in the feed. So enjoy wait, long it. walk. Oh yeah. Oh nice. Yeah. So oh, well, there, you there you go. Uh, and then on, obviously, I think there's a big one is Gerald's Game. Mm-hmm. And I was reminded... I mean, that's kind of a spoiler because we haven't covered the book yet, but we've talked about the movie, and yeah. I, I would say that, you know, especially on film, the way that Flanagan films the the scene at the end where she, you know, escapes from the handcuff by any means necessary is literally... I was, I was screaming at my TV when I watched that scene. It was so disturbing, so unnerving, um and it's literally just like skin tearing away from the body and it's like it's like it ceases to be flesh anymore and that to me is so disturbing and then the way that and then the book too i just i still remember being a kid and it made me literally sick to my stomach i keep saying literally and we had a listener like give me shit about it (laughs) but and i don't blame him yeah but i will say that in this instance, I was literally sick to my stomach when I read it in the book. And I was literally screaming at the TV when I watched it. I'm not making those things up. Uh, I'm going to keep my literal mouth shut about that, that criticism. Um, Mike, Mike, you mentioned this earlier, but if, do you mind if I jump on yeah, the, the Green Mile? Once again, realistic injuries. Oh, that with, was all. Um, that was, was it you? Was yeah. it you that brought up the Paul character in the Green Mile with the, yep, the, yep, the yep. bladder issues? Ugh. The way he describes it. Ugh. Yeah, that's 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 pretty tough. Yeah, Tom Hanks. Well, I always call him Tom Hanks. His name is Paul in the book. Tom been, Hanks. It's a pretty. He's Tom Hanks. It's been years since I've read the book. I'm excited to revisit it actually. Um, but yeah, he he has uh, an infected urinary tract line or something. Oh and Jesus! It's, the way it's described is is so like just how pissing is is like razor blades. My know? great fear would would in terms of day to day injuries or or medical issues that would be yeah way up there for me. Yeah, it's it's horrifying. And then it's like yeah, and I mean. We were debating whether or not that really counted because it's more of a medical uh, thing. But I think I don't know. I would count it because it's I just I'm, when I hear about gruesome injuries that people like live through or whatever, I just try to think about, well, what do I remember from reading them and what were the really uh, bad reactions that I had? And obviously, I think I also go back to um, uh, I it, weirdly I go to Firestarter, the mm-hmm. way the headaches are described that yeah, the main I character gets that. the. I, and I think that was the first time where I really started to notice the ways. And I talked about this on the Misery episode. I've talked about this in several episodes. But it's something I've noticed about King on these rereads that I find really interesting. And that's the way he uses pain as a way to build character. Um, he shows a character kind of in the throes of suffering. And in doing so, you kind of learn about their will. You learn about uh, their persistence, their strength, all these things. No, the ways suffering they, is a huge part of building Yeah, it's a huge part of King. And I mean, we we see it in a lot of his books. Uh, I mean, obviously, like, misery is built on yeah. literal, like, literally, I said it again. And, and, but it like is endurance. really built on it. Yeah, and yeah. endurance. And I just remember in Firestarter, 
the headaches are so he describes them so well and they are so like punishing and uh well, debilitating even, to this character and it, it and i'm not somebody who gets a lot of headaches uh but i hate it when i do yeah i'm not somebody who has migraines but it makes me really identify and like feel for people with migraines you know yeah like i mean the thing with me with uh I mean, the mind is such a powerful thing. And when you read those sections, especially when it's related to like the head and the mind, I do remember like even just thinking about like, like how awful the pressure would be like so on your spin. head. Yeah. It's just mm-hmm. like, uh, it does make you nauseous almost. One of the ones I had is kind of closer to now. Um, it's one of his uh, more recent books. It was 11, Yeah. Um, and this is a major spoiler. Oh, yeah. So major, major spoiler. So if you haven't this read point, 11, we, we warned you before. We okay. Started. Okay. Just making sure. <laughs> But it, what happens to Sadie Dunhill uh, when she gets um, yeah. mauled by her uh, her ex boyfriend, who is just a psychopath, and um, basically like cuts her whole face open. Yeah. And, um, she like gets scars all over, her, like across her eyes and stuff, like like near her eyes and everything. And um, you know, in the in the, the miniseries, they don't they just kind of give her a scar for Sarah Gadon, who couldn't possibly look ugly if she even tried. <laughs> I um, thought they actually like, did a pretty good job they did going good through job. with that. Cause I mean, that's yeah. what happens to her in the book too, though. Yeah. It's just, it's just a big cut along her whole face, but they really do the whole fucking yeah. side of her face in that adaptation too. Yeah. So it's, it's that, that one always uh, sticks with me. Well, there's even in 1122 after the main guy gets Jake, gets the shit kicked out of him by the book. He, yeah. The way they describe the pain that he yeah. goes through there. Cause he gets like his head knocked in with like a baseball bat. Yeah. Mm. Like yeah. he's in major amounts of pain too. So there's a lot of it in that book. Yeah. I think there's a lot of stuff with teeth in that too. Oh, oh like, yeah. I think you're right. And Ugh. then, um, there's also the stuff with the, with, um, Frank Dunning, um, who's like the butcher. That's, uh, the, the guy that, that's in dairy yeah. when he goes to dairy too. like yeah. the, stuff, the way he kill like the way he like, um hurts his family and all it's like right. really like it's the whole time i remember reading it just being like any of the hits that he's gonna deliver is just gonna just shatter like whatever it, it you know reaches in like contact with and right there's like such a danger to um that uh that king like kind of emanates when he he's writing when you just kind of there's an anxiety tied to whatever is going to be the outcome to like the that sort of assault and I felt like in that house, I remember being so scared for Jake to like even get hit by whatever. Because I think at one point he's like using, if I can't remember it, but I feel like he has like a tack hammer or something like that. Yeah. that he's swinging around and it hits the wall. And I think it hits the kid at one point because one of the, the one of his the children has like a, has like a limp because of it or something like that. Oh, the janitor has a limp, right? Yeah. Because of what his father did to him. It's like fucked up. So. Woof. Yeah, um, I, I've got a good one here. Yeah, uh, yeah. I always talk about Lisey's story and how sweet and everything it ultimately is, but there's something that happens to Lisey early on in that story yep. where she's attacked in I her house. Um, and I had to look it up just to make sure I wasn't misremembering this, but it involves uh, like a clamp of some kind. Yeah, and her and her nipples. Yeah, and it's pretty brutal. And uh, the description of the afterward of like the soreness and like needing like the ice and like the combination of those two things. He doesn't really do a lot of, uh, maybe I'm stepping on myself here, but not a lot of, besides the gun and the, the, the kid situation and the stand, obviously, not a lot of like sexual violence, right? That, that we would think of it as sexual torture. No, I, don't, I, I can't really think of. Yeah, it's not something that comes to mind a lot, which means, I mean, in how much we've read, I don't I don't think it is like a pervasive thing. It does pop up. I mean, obviously. I mean, rape and whatnot, obviously, is, I'm, I'm saying in terms of like gratuitous, oh, um, yeah, something like that torture. stands out in terms of like torture, porny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Then, um, yeah, I can't think of many. Not that this is actually even a, a rape scene. This is just a torture scene, yeah. but something uh, sexual, obviously, about the 
using the breast and the, it's uh, uncomfortable to read I'll say that much yeah. well there's one that I have that uh, someone has suggested earlier but just even thinking about it um, kind of makes me shiver because this would just absolutely send me over the edge uh, is in Cujo with, yeah. uh, with uh, Donna when she is bitten and mm-hmm. she has to still stay in the car in this mm-hmm. heat and knowing that this like wound is festering with like Disease. diseases and you know rabies and all that stuff like that is just torturous to the mind and also just having to fucking deal with that in the car right while your kids like just like that's awful yeah so that that, i I feel like in terms of like torture like i would i would almost like rank kujo up there with misery in terms of just like yeah uh, isolated too yeah i'd agree with that yeah but but i can't think of like too many other ones because like earlier books like i feel like in carrie like everyone pretty much dies (laughs) um uh salem's lot either everyone vampire or everyone dies yeah yeah it's not (laughs) really like a torture book or the murders aren't that intense at least from what i remember well Well, jimmy cody's death i was gonna say jimmy cody's death is pretty bad because i kept thinking about that but i thought oh no we're now we're talking about death yeah we're talking about death that's a whole other story long because like honestly if you want to count it like that in a way i would also put like harold his Oof, outcome in yeah. the sand because he has to like lay there for yeah. like and he uh, but, sun, but eventually yeah. succumbs to, to those the injuries, injuries yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but there's something else that we we talked we, we haven't talked a lot about the short stories hmm. but we mentioned something survivor type yeah oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's cutting the description especially that first description of him having to get all <laughs> snorted up on you know heroin to yeah. uh, mm-hmm. to chop off his I think his foot to begin with right his infected foot Ugh. his broken oh his broken foot there's a whole the survivor type is disgusting uh, through and through. <laughs> What about Seriously. the? I mean, I guess no. I guess that you wouldn't count the raft because everyone dies. Yeah, everybody dies. Um, well, yeah. The first thing I thought of was the raft. That the knees, to me is the still, knee exploding. Yeah, that still to me is probably the most gruesome death in all of King that I can recall. Yeah. Is the it's is the raft? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, in terms of short stories, what? Um, yeah, I mean, I don't. I, I I feel like a lot of his short stories are so dire they they kind of. There's no time for injury. Yeah, no. most most of them just end with death anyway. So. Yeah, that's true. That is true. <laughs> All right, I think well, when I think about mental torture, I think about uh, uh, the ledge. Mm. I just remember we like we really fond over that story and we talked about it. And it just the whole idea of like being made to walk around, yeah. the, you know, the side of the building is to me like I still like get shivers when I think well, about also, that. Also, the I guess that kind of goes into it is like the way he describes how his like ankles yeah because he's been like and on the, the birds or the pigeon keeps freezing pecking. and it's like yeah that's that's pretty torturous oh, i would man. say that's pretty torturous man that that takes me back that's that takes me back ago. to the old days of the pod so yeah, two years apartment. Ago. <laughs> like literally two years ago it's recording crazy. on one microphone oh my I Lord. love it and now we've got this multi-million dollar studio <laughs> multi-million yeah. yeah all the funko pops you could ever want producers in the booth yeah um yeah this this conversation is making me sick to my stomach. I am getting kind of sick too. Then uh, I think it's probably a good time to wrap it up. Yeah. Uh, we're going to be back next week with a new episode. Please like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all the good stuff. We have fresh content. You fresh. know we love fresh content. Eat fresh. Uh, and then also please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, wherever you listen to us. The reviews are very helpful. I think we're one review on iTunes away from either 400 or 500. Be that review. Do it. Please be that person to you push can brag us over to all your friends. You can brag to your friends, if, though, they, though they probably won't be very impressed. Yeah, they probably. Like, but you, you left the four hundredth review on a Stephen King podcast, and you're Great. telling me this. Why would you brag about this? <laughs> um, and it's because we say thank you. We do today, thank mm-hmm. you. So we say thank you to listening. Uh, and then also thank you just for your comments on social media. I feel like today, especially social media was just such the fucking pits. It's yeah. been so bad lately, and I have to be on it for my job, and it makes me 
it's like just the process of being on it is starting to literally destroy me. I said literally again, but this, I, know. I guess it's not literally destroying me, but it, it is, feels like it's destroying. It you. feels like it's destroying me and I hate it. And uh, so it's nice to go and read comments from you guys that are positive, fun um, and, you know, a nice little escape from all the garbage that's happening. Totally. In the world I, and around, I, so. I, that's some of the things I always do is just like if I'm having like a shit day. I sometimes will just hop over one of our social networks yeah. and just kind of like see what everyone's talking about or throw something out in there to like get a conversation going. It's nice. So. We appreciate it. It brightens our day. So thank you for doing it. Keep doing it. And uh, until next time. Long days and pleasant nights. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. I got some hot friends. God, I got some hot friends. But you know you Consequence Podcast Network.